Hey, good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? All right, all right. Man, listen, I know today is a hard day for some of us. And I'm just going to take a second and, uh, you know, I'm not, listen, listen, I'm not one to, to gloat or anything. And so I'm going to remain humble with extreme humility given to me by the Holy Spirit. But I'm just going to say one thing. And listen, you, you could hear me if you want. If not, you could continue living in darkness. But roll tide. Oh, jeez. Ugh, gross. That, that got on my shoe, right? <laughs> Man, it was a good game last year, as it is every year. Such a good game. And listen, I have a feeling we're going to end up playing Georgia again. So uh, rematch, we'll see how it goes. Um, I get the privilege of, of being able to commune directly with the Holy Spirit. So we're probably going to win again because um, y'all don't know this, but uh, Alabama is God's team. And uh, anyway, the, the sooner you realize that, the sooner we can be free in this place. Amen. <laughs> How many of y'all are excited about Christmas? Yeah. yeah. How many of y'all still have Christmas shopping left to do? <laughs> that's, that's so great. We, um, we kind of got half of ours done early, and then we got anything that we had to order, we got early. And, uh, of course, if you don't know, that's because there is an insane shipping catastrophe um, to where the whole depending on where you're standing on the earth, let's just say the whole uh, west side of the earth is shut down. <laughs> and uh, we're not getting shipments as, as quickly as possible. You know, you know, it hasn't really affected me, the, the shipping thing, until a couple of days ago. And let me tell you why. And you are, you are going to laugh at this. I went to my favorite Chinese food place. And listen... I know you can't tell by looking at me, but uh, this body is, is not fueled by working out. This body is fueled by Chinese food, barbecue, and uh, as my son asked me today, Daddy, why do you eat so much candy in the middle of the night? So anyway, he'll be leaving for boarding school. If you would like to say goodbye to him, his last Sunday is next week. Um, so I like to eat. I love, I love Chinese food, and there's this little place called Lee's Kitchen. They bought out, like, a, 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 I don't know if it used to be a huddle house or a waffle house, but that's how you know it's good when they can put one of those places out of business. And it's just this family, and they just make the best food. But the reason I love going in there is they have these egg rolls, and listen, I get four or five of these egg rolls, and then I get a big side of like the sweet sesame dipping sauce. It's just amazing. So Rachel gets the dumplings. It's, it's win-win, right? Lila loves the noodles. It's like, I like to be like, hey, let's get Chinese. That way, you know, there's something for everybody. You know, meanwhile, I'm sitting here. I'm, I've got the menu. I'm like, I'm just going to get it all. Um, so I go to order, and I get everything 
ordered except for my egg rolls. And I go to order my egg rolls and she goes, oh no, I'm uh, sorry, but the place where we get our egg roll to make our egg rolls, like our distributor is messed up in that shipping debacle. And so I broke down as a grown man in this, in this Chinese food restaurant. I'm like, listen, man, this has got to stop. This, whatever's going on with the shipping crisis and this, whatever's happening, it's starting to affect me and my Chinese food. And I'm going to need somebody to get on that. Um, has nothing to do with my message, in case you're wondering. Um, but so that's crazy. And, and so we got all our online stuff done and we're just kind of got some here and there stuff to pick up from the store. But I love this time of year because I love getting and, and going and, and picking out my kids' presents. And I love, I love hearing their excitement. I love the excitement. I love this time of year. It is my favorite time of year. Um, and I love it too just for ministry purposes. So we've got a lot coming up over the next couple of weeks. And it's amazing because... I love being able to, to outreach to our community. I love having something that, that, that our community can come to that's safe, it's family-friendly, it's going to hit all the nostalgia points, it's going to be fun for everybody. And, and, and one of the things that I kept hearing about our Fall Fest is it felt good to come and just feel normal again. You know, there, there, there hasn't been a sense of normality over the last couple of years, and I, I think we're starting to return to that, and people are, are loving that, and so it's something that we really look forward to doing, and so I'm just going to take a minute and just plug that again. Listen, we're going to have donuts with Santa. If you're online, get here early, come here, because we're going to have donuts with Santa. We're going to be able to take pictures, and of course, donuts are amazing. Donuts are one of my love languages. Um, Love donuts, donuts with Santa, even better. Your kids are going to love it. We're going to have a special service where the kids are going to come in here and they're going to lead some elements of our worship and then they're actually going to get up and worship with us. So it's going to be a really special time. That's always fun. You know, it pulls all the heartstrings seeing all the little kiddos get up here and uh, it's great to be a part of, of that. Another thing we got going on, listen, I want to reiterate this because this is going to sneak up on us, is our Elevate Christmas party next week. We are just coming and we're going to fellowship and we're going to eat. That's, that's it. That's what's going on. So if you are in leadership, if you volunteer in any capacity in this church, please show up that night so that, so that we can say thank you. We can love on you for all that you've done for the entire year because listen, it has been an amazing year in our church. And then to cap off kind of my, my Christmas stuff right now, um, I want to remind you again about our Christmas offering um, that's coming up next week. And the reason why we do this is just simply to fuel outreaches. It replenishes some of, some of our outreaches. We, listen, we were expecting four to 500 people here for Fall Fest, and we had a couple of thousand people here, um, and maybe upwards of 3,000 here. So that was a lot of people. And can I, just, can I just tell you that it was amazing being able to do an event like that? Wasn't it, 
peaceful to be able to do an event like that and just everything came together but I tell you one of the one of the big things that came together is um, our church's generosity was able to fuel that you know our, our, our church was able to give towards that vision and we were able to carry it out and and honestly it was bigger than we could have imagined and and outside of like little things just with having a big crowd like that everything went great and people were loved on and they were given Jesus amen so um, that's what it's for that that's our heart because here's the deal we do not want to slow down next year we want to we want to go out more into our community we want to impact more of our community we want to go out and we want to just love on people we want to spread hope we want to spread joy especially right now man it's just such a weird weird time um in in our world like i never I, I never thought that I'd say that just being alive sometimes is awkward. You know, it, it, it's like sometimes there's so much weird stuff going on that, that it's like, what is life right now? We're trying to figure this out. And, and uh, so we're going to keep giving people that hope and giving people that direction. Amen. Um, I want to read today from Luke 2.4 if you want to go there. Um, or you can follow along on the screens. Two four, uh, Luke two four. This is kind of a story that we've we've all been familiar with. We've all heard. I used a different translation here just because I like some of the way it worded things a little bit better. Um, nothing to do with any like uh, biblical teaching. Just I like the way it flowed a little bit better. But um, this was a pivotal moment in history. This moment changed uh, everything. It would change everything in the world at that time, and it would change everything in the world as we know it. And that's when Jesus, our Savior, came to this earth. And, and, and so, again, Luke 2, 4, it said, So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah, David's town for the census. As a descendant of David, now right there, can I just tell you, I can stop right there and I can preach a whole message series about the dysfunction of this lineage. If you go and you actually read the lineage of Jesus, there are some crazy characters. If you read their stories in the Bible, there are some uh, crazy characters in there that led to the to the lineage and the birth of Jesus. And, and listen, I can preach about how God uses the broken to, to bring salvation. And, and so anyway, I, I tell you that to say that if you've done anything crazy in your life, take heart, you're in good company. Um, you might be a cousin to Jesus, right? Um, as a descendant of David, he had to go there to Bethlehem. He went with Mary, his fiance, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. Her firstborn, she wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the hostel. There were shepherders. I feel like that word looks weird. Does anybody else feel like that word looks weird? When I was reading this, I was like, that's not a word. That's, but we're going to invent it. We're going to go with it. Shepherd, shepherders, TM, right? Um, there were shepherders camping in the neighborhood. 
They had set night watches over their sheep, and suddenly God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified, but listen, the angel said, don't be afraid, I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town a Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and laying in a manger. Now, some of these translations, it says, don't be afraid, I come to announce good news and great joy. And, and I think that's amazing just the way this is worded. It's a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born. Now, I want to ask you, do we realize what we're really reading here? We're not just reading about some mom that, that had a baby, which can I just tell you would have been scandalous. You know the story of, of uh, Mary, the virgin, the pregnant virgin, <laughs> right? That, there's n not a lot of Christmas books out there about that. Not a lot of Christmas songs. Mary, the pregnant virgin. Um, so this would have been scandalous. And I can tell you that this came at a time where God had been silent for hundreds of years. So God had not had prophets. There had not been words. There's this big silence. And, and honestly, can you imagine what it would have been like to live there and, and, and it, this is a time where you're already separated from God if you're not living according to a bunch of laws. But now God is silent. There's not even somebody to come and tell you, hey, listen, turn or burn, baby. You know, he's just silent. It was a tense time. But then, but then a Savior showed up, a, a, a Savior that, that came to a family in, in an unmiraculous place, in a, in a manger, and, and he showed up. He showed up when they didn't even know that they needed a Savior. They showed up when we didn't know that we needed a Savior. Amen? Uh, wherever you find yourself today, I want to tell you that, that this message with it brings good news and great joy. I want to take a second to just pray over today's service. I know that the presence of God has been here this morning. Man, I felt him. But I believe that God doesn't just want to do something as, as a group of people. I believe that God wants to meet us face to face here this morning. God, I pray that you have your way, Lord. I pray that as each person is hearing this word, Lord, that it, it means whatever you need it to mean to them, God. I pray that their hearts are open. I pray that they're surrendered and just wanting to encounter you. Lord, I pray that we leave here changed. I pray that we leave here better. And Lord, I pray that we leave here with a stronger foundation of hope and joy this morning because of what you've done for us on the cross. In your holy name, we pray, amen. Now, I want to give you a crude overview of my childhood, um, especially when it comes to Christmas, because I think my experience as a kid really shaped what I wanted to do um, 
as an adult with my family and, and the traditions that I would keep alive and the traditions that, that would not be kept alive. <laughs> How many of y'all know that there's some of those? There's, there's some traditions that, man, it just makes you feel the nostalgia. It makes you feel the, the amazing uh, laughter and, and memories that comes with this type of, uh, or with this celebration and this season. But there's also stuff that we could just kind of carve out. Um, the funny thing about my childhood is I kind of run the gambit of what my childhood memories are for Christmas. And I don't know if that's because I was getting older or if it's because it changed so drastically. But I can tell you my earliest memories of Christmas, it was like the cliche hallmark, you know, the house was decorated inside, um, we had pajamas on the night before, and we, we stuck needle and thread through popcorn to make decorations for the trees. We burnt cookies for Santa. Um, none of us drink milk, so it was always a panic to, uh, to go get some milk. Um, and how many of y'all know that the only thing, the only milk you buy on Christmas Eve is that $15 quart milk? Yeah, you know, it's like, this is how much? No, never mind. He can drink water. He can have water, you know. Um, but there, there's these memories, and I remember running and waking up my parents and coming downstairs and seeing just everything. And, and it was like, my house is a toy store, you know. And I remember one Christmas, I found my presents. And I was like, this is awesome, you know, um, and I thought I was super sneaky. I was like, man, this is, this is so cool. This is going to be the best Christmas ever. And when I got to Christmas, I didn't have none of my stuff because my parents found out that I found it. And so they took it all back. And uh, I remember that because I was like, oh, man. And you know what? Can I just be honest with you? I'm a little bitter about this. I still never got my Ninja Turtles Technodrome. Um, and so, listen... That's, that's like a, I just pulled my ticket to buy my kid back from nursery out of my pocket. We'll need that for sure. Or do we? Okay. Um, so there's that Christmas. And, and there, then there, it seemed like every year uh, things would change and things would be different. And I remember one of the things that was really big on my to-do list when I had a family was we're going to decorate not just the inside, but the outside for Christmas. We're going to go all out, you know, because I never understood why my parents didn't do that. I'm like, my parents are evil people because they don't do this and they should know that it's something that I want. Um, but wow, what, what an evil thing to not decorate the outside. And that's what I thought as a kid. Um, and then I had kids. And I, let me answer this for you. Um, the reason why parents don't uh, decorate the outside is because it sucks. <laughs> um, it's awful. And so this year, you know, it's, it, it's kind of cool because, <laughs> listen, this, this sums up this year. We still kind of like to do the inside, but as our kids got, have gotten older, like it, we'd just be happy if there weren't stickers 
everywhere in the house. Um, if you've met my little girl, I don't know how she finds stickers, but she will find a sticker in the desert and she will stick it to something. And so there's stickers everywhere in my house. I would just be happy for that, much less being able to decorate and all this, but we go to put up our, our two trees because <laughs> we're one of those. Um, we, got, we got two different trees and I plug in one and like six lights come on. And I'm like, really? And uh, so I go through everything these are not the type of trees that when a bulb goes out, the circuit goes out. So, of course, I'm like, I don't have any clue. I, I went through, I plugged up everything different ways. I checked fuses. Still don't know why. As a matter of fact, it got worse after I checked the fuses. So I don't even know what I did there if you're, if you're wondering how handy I am. Um, I don't know what I did there, but then we go to plug in our other tree, and our other tree is the nostalgia tree. The white tree is kind of like our bougie tree, you know what I mean? Um, this is the tree that we don't put anything under. Kids, don't touch it. You know, we've got everything. This is, this is the tree that you see when you go in a department store. And then we got the nostalgia tree that has, like, the macaroni ornaments. It has boogers on them. Um... <laughs> and some of it's missing because Lila will eat it or, or stuff like that. You know what I'm saying, the nostalgia tree. This is, this is the one that for some reason our dogs think it's still okay to pee on. Um, nostalgia tree. We plug it in, six lights work. And I'm like, are you serious? And so I do some, some fixing and I get the top to come on. And I'm like, all right, we're going to have this Christmas tree. And I come down the next day and it's completely black. And my daughter goes, what happened to the tree? And I'm like, you know what, honey? Can I just, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, this is what Christmas is going to be like this year. <laughs> I'm like, this is what Christmas is going to be like this year. Um, you're still, we're still going to celebrate and, and stuff like that, but we're just going to celebrate from like our normal house. And so I say all that to say parents don't decorate for Christmas because... Um, somewhere as they get older, they get tired. And that will to do stuff just kind of dies. Um, I say all of these funny Christmas memories and, and stuff like that, but one of the things that I always go to at Christmas is hope. Um, it's something that I feel like is just tied up in the Christmas season. And, and maybe it's just me, but it, it seems like Everywhere I look, I see hope, I see hope, I see hope. And so I started thinking about like, well, what, is, what does that mean? Like, what, what is hope? Let's do kind of a deep dive on hope. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, I'm going to read from Romans 5, 1 through 5. Romans 5, 1 through 5. And it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Now listen, this is the hope for salvation right here. It says, since we have been made right in God's faith. It, it, it doesn't say anything about when you are made right. It doesn't say, 
anything about a future. This doesn't talk about a future work of Christ. It talks about a past work of Christ since we have been made in God's sight, made right by God in God's sight. Good Lord. Let me start over. Therefore, take two. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, by faith, this is something that God has already done. And, and here's the deal. If you don't know Christ today, online, if you don't know about Jesus today, I want to tell you that this is for you and it's something that's already been accomplished through what Jesus did on the cross, right? But, but listen, it goes further and it says, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and confidently look forward to sharing in God's glory. So not only is this talking about the hope of salvation, it's also talking about the hope of glory. That's getting ready to, to spend eternity with Christ and getting ready to share in God's glory and his grace. So we have some pretty amazing things that kind of bolster hope right there. But then it goes on to say, and this is, this is a hard part to preach. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. Some translations there say um, it, it helps us in, in, endure. It helps us to develop perseverance. And endurance develops the strength of character and character strengthens, listen to this, our confident hope of salvation. And this is not hope that will lead us to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Do you realize that you have that kind of hope this morning? That you have access to that type of hope, that that type of hope is available to you, that hope that comes in the middle of a storm. You might be in the middle of something right now, and I want to just tell you that, that God is building perseverance. God is helping you to endure, and, and here's why. Because perseverance and endurance builds character, and the result of character is hope. Listen, when we hear that word hope, a lot of the times we go to like this situational, circumstantial hope. And I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about a foundational hope that is supernaturally founded in your life. Listen to me. This is why Jesus came. The angel said he came to bring good news and great joy. We're not just celebrating a birthday this year. We're not just celebrating a salvation. We are celebrating the very work that Christ does in our everyday life. And, and listen to me. There is hope for you this morning. Everybody listening to this, everybody watching this, there is hope for you available to you this morning. While we're talking about hope, I just want to spend a, a minute because I, I think that if we could get this, I believe that we will pray differently because of the hope in our lives. I believe we'll live differently because of the hope in our lives. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been praying for something? 
and you're, you're praying, you have faith, you're, you're waiting, and you're hoping, right? You're, you're hoping in your prayer. And let me tell you, there's a difference between hoping and living in hope. Hoping that, that God will hear your prayer, that he'll answer it, that he'll answer it the way you're asking Right, there's, there's hoping, and then there's living with hope that knowing God has already answered. There is a powerful, powerful truth to that. And you know, when I was a, a young teenager, I struggled with this. I used to beg and, and hope that God would forgive me. And I never took the time to realize that I could just live and hope that he had. And maybe you're in a similar situation this morning. And I want to tell you that, right, we'll, we'll pray and we'll beg and we'll hope that God will move. But listen, I want to tell you the reality of that is hope in that capacity will not change you. Oftentimes, it will leave you disappointed. The Bible speaks to that. It says this is not the hope that leaves you disappointed. And instead, there's a living hope that fundamentally changes the way we live our lives, right? We can, we can live in hope in any circumstance. Let me, let me say it like this. You've prayed for something. You've hoped for something. You've believed for something. Could I ask you an honest question? Can we be real today? How many of y'all felt the tension between what you were hoping for and what happened. There's a, there's a tension there. There is a, there is a expectation. And, and, and what I think oftentimes is, is it leads you to, to have a false hope because you're hoping, it, it, you, you kind of like veil it as you're hoping that God will do this. But what you're secretly doing is you're hoping in a circumstance. Like how many people have hoped for something today. And I want to give you the example of, a, a good example of the difference in these hopes. Amen? Matthew 26, 39. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible because it just shows Christ's humanity. It says, he went on a little further and he bowed with his face to the ground praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Now I have read this and I've preached from this scripture before and, and uh, I remember sitting there thinking, I'm like, he, he didn't want to be crucified. And can we blame him? He was a human. He knew what it was going to take. And, and so I've preached from that about how he, he made a decision in that moment. But listen to me. God was showing me this verse in a different way. Listen, Jesus is not just hoping that there will be another way. Jesus is instead putting his hope in God. And watch what happens. So, so you see this posture of he's, he's praying this cup will be taking, but, but what he's really hoping is that God's will will be done, not mine. Let's watch what happens in verse 42. It says, 
Then Jesus left them a second time and he prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. There is a difference in the posture that Jesus has taken here. And can I just tell you that him dying on the cross, him going through everything he went for, for our sins, it happened right here in his mind. This is when he decided this is happening. This is when he saw the brokenness of the world. He saw the issues of the world. He saw the, think, think about this. You know, we oftentimes focus on, on the sin aspect but do you know what sin does to us? It separates us from God. Do you know that, that the whole very reason for this moment in history is because God did not want to be separated from you anymore? He didn't want to be separated from you. He wanted us to be able to freely walk into his presence. And so we see a different posture in it. It's different than we often take in our lives. I think it's one of the hardest cycles to break in Christianity because we have the, the tendency to put our hope in the outcome. We have our tendency to put our hope in the thing and then we, we carry around what happens is we get that tension and then we carry around this burden of disappointment, which let's be honest, quickly becomes an elephant in the room when you're trying to have time with God. You go and you, God, I just want to worship you for who you are and all the great things you're doing except for that one thing that I really asked you and I needed you to do. Yeah. And you're carrying around that burden, that burden of disappointment and it, it starts to, it starts to separate you. And, and listen, here's what God told me to tell you today is I don't know who needs to hear this or, or why, but we need to surrender that disappointment today. I think that if there's one thing we do today out of this service, whether or not it was worshiping or, or we're, we're hearing the word now, if there's one thing that I pray that we do by the end of service, I pray that we let go of any of this disappointment because I can tell you that it is keeping you from seeing the miraculous in your life. It's keeping you from really being able to step out in freedom. And I wonder what God will do today if we will say, listen, I let all that disappointment go. And instead of putting my hope into the things that I hope you do, Lord, I put my hope in you because I know at the end of the day, your will is going to be the best thing from me. It's not, it's not wrong to ask God for stuff. It's not wrong to... to go to him and, and ask that things be changed. People did that in the Bible, but I can tell you that ultimately it was their hope in who they were asking, not their hope in what they were asking. And, and, and so this example that we see in front of Jesus, it, it does two things that I wanna talk about today. First, it, it is the defeat of sin completely. Because listen, listen, I know that this was not the act 
where Jesus took all his sin. But again, this is the decision. You can go and you can put a mark right here and you can see that this is where Jesus decided that he was going to fulfill what God wanted him to do. He was going to do it for me. He was going to do it for you. And we get to share in that hope today. Again, this is not a future thing. This is, this is a, hey, here is my gift to you. I've already done it. You just have to, have to accept it. This is, this is all. And, and, and let me say it like this this morning. Jesus didn't die for our sins. He died for your sin. This was a very personal thing to Jesus. This is him talking to his dad and saying, listen, if there's any other way, let's do it that way. But at the end of the day, I, I don't want to be separated from these people anymore. I want them to be able to come into my presence. And man, that should, that should give us just a new platform to stand on with hope. Um, he, this didn't happen so that we can live in disappointment. It, it's so we can live in victory. Amen? And then the second thing, Jesus was raised to glory and now sits at the right hand of God. Man, how powerful of that is that, that Jesus was raised to glory and now sits at the right hand of God. You know, he made up his mind and he did everything that God wanted him to do. And then at the end of it all, he gets to sit in the glory of God. And it's amazing because in Romans 5, we saw that we could have hope for that as well. So I want to tell you today that there is a good platform to build your hope in Jesus. And, and as I read this, that he's raised to glory and now sits at the right hand of God. How many of you know that he's not just sitting there? The Bible says that he sits at the right hand of God and he intercedes and he prays for you and I. He prays on our behalf. Man, if there's somebody I want praying for me, let it be Jesus. And the reason we can look at this example today is because God wants to remind us of this, that there's hope from sin and hope for a future because Christ came to bring good news and great joy. It's going to happen. Um, man, that... That just gets me excited, right? He came to save us. He came to, to heal us. He came to redeem us uh, uh, so that we have access to hope. And, and listen, a lot of the times when we start to live our life like this, when God does do the miracle, we're not excited. I mean, we're excited about it, but we're not surprised. You know, um, I think that's oftentimes another way we live our lives is we ask God for something and we believe God to do it. And then when he does it, we're like, wow, he did it. Yeah. What? Yeah. This is crazy. And, and I can tell you that if you look at the miracles in the Bible, oftentimes the people were excited, but they were not surprised because they knew the authority they knew the power, they recognized it, and we can have that today. We can live in that hope because we're in hope. So I want to remind you again that 
if you're in the middle of something, you have access to this same hope. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. It's, it's not only a reminder of his grace. It's not only a reminder of his, his sacrifice, his birth, his life. It, it, it's the start of a miracle for you and I, right? It's the start of salvation for you and I. It's the start of breakthrough for you and I. It's, it's the start of freedom and the start of hope. Um, came to give you good news and great joy I want to touch on joy for a little bit this morning. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, I don't feel like we feel as joyful as we can. Um, and that's me. <laughs> that's me included. Sometimes I, I think that I miss out on this. And I think that, that uh, if we're honest today, we all miss out on this um, if, we're, if we're not careful to stop and pay attention. And, and here's why I have kind of seen, there's, there's different reasons, but it seems like it all kind of falls under this umbrella that for whatever reason, we stop believing that we have access to joy. We have access to a higher joy. We have access to a higher hope. And, and, and so we have this circumstantial joy, this cir- a situational joy. But I want to tell you again that, that what the angel was talking about here and what Christ did when he was born was to bring you a foundational joy, a, a joy that is strong enough to build on. And, and that's good news because often joy is dictated by outside circumstances. They're dictated by, by someone's health or they're dictated by their financial issues. They're dictated by their marriage, right? Or or they're dictated by this mindset of if I could just get this, if I could just get here. Have, have you ever said that in your life? Like, if I could just get through this, or if I could just get here, if I could just, and it seems like you're always chasing something that you're never really getting, right? So, we're not talking about that type of joy. We're, we're talking about a foundational joy, a, a, a supernatural joy, because Christmas was the start of this, of this good news and this joy, right? So we can be in any circumstances and we can find joy in Christ. And here's the deal that I want you to be reminded of today. This is something I pray that you get this morning is that this joy does not go anywhere. Again, it's, it's foundational and it's built in the fact that, that we get to partake in the grace extended to us by the cross. So we have hope, salvation, we have joy for this world, we have hope for a future, and we have uh, a, a stronger joy because we know no matter what life holds, we can have joy because of our new position with Christ and I was thinking about this and I was reading and I was like, I don't even know that half of us realize when we're lacking in joy because it's, it, it's so normal for us to live in, in, in our circumstance. And it's so normal for us to think that what you're experiencing now is what you can come to expect from life. And I think that's, that's where it leaves. And, and listen to me, church. And band, if you'll go ahead and prepare to come play behind me. 
what starts as a decision results in an overflow of joy. What starts as a decision results in an overflow of joy. We can look at, at Jesus in the garden again. He made that, that one decision right there. And can I just tell you that if you ever question whether or not you're important to Jesus, just go read about his death. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you that this was not a decision that he easily made. This is a, a decision because he knew that what came after this would be joyous. It would be overflowing with joy and overflowing with hope. <clears throat> I want to just preach for a second. Can I just preach for a second? This, this joy that I'm talking about, this foundational joy, can I, can I tell you that it's one of the things that will keep you from burning out in a season? It's one of the things that will keep you burning out in a season. And I can give you a personal account. Um, this time last year, I, I, I say this time last year, I don't know when it actually started. It was around this time last year that I realized it had gotten as bad as it had gotten. I had some pretty crazy anxiety um, that hit me. And I mean, it, it hit me hard and it kept hitting me and it kept hitting me. And it felt like um, I was really overcome with, with this anxiety and this fear. And, and I don't know if, if any of you have ever dealt with that, but what will happen a lot of the times is your body just wants to kind of shut down from that. It wants to stop experiencing that. It wants to get away from it. And so oftentimes you will kind of go into this season of depression and, and you, you, don't, you don't feel super happy. You don't love like you should love. You don't feel like you should feel. And it, it, honestly, it's, it's pretty dark. Um, and... I remember being in this season and I was like, man, I don't want this to be how my life is going to be. Like, what is going on? What, what is happening? And I remember, I remember sitting there and it kind of came to a peak in, in February. I started having panic attacks. Um, and when I did, they got so bad that at one point, I remember just sitting there in the kitchen and I, I dropped to the floor and I was like, I don't feel like I'm ever going to be okay. I don't feel like this is ever going to go away. I have no hope in it. I have no peace in it. And it was, again, a very dark place. And so I ended up um, seeking out some help. Um, I believe in getting help listen to me, listen to me church, listen to me online. I know that getting help for, for uh, your mental health is kind of becoming a, a thing now where it's way more acceptable. But can I tell you as the church, we should encourage people to go after their mental health and, and to, to make it a priority in their life because I'm telling you, if you don't bring Christ into everything, 
there will be something that will find out your trigger. And uh, I just didn't have a lot of hope. I didn't have it. Um, I was praying for things and, and you know, I, I didn't feel far from God, which is, which is really weird. It, but it just felt like I was constantly going and going and I was giving and I was running out of gas very quickly. And, and listen, I believe the stuff that I preach. Amen. I believe this stuff that, that I tell y'all. I don't want to just come up here and tell you something that, that I read in the Bible because it's in the Bible. Like, I want this to be, hey, something that you experience. I want it to be something that, that I experience because that's what I believe the Word of God is. I believe that, that it's, it's God sending His Word and sending His presence into our life and into our experience and speaking into that. And... So coming into this year, I started feeling healthier. I started feeling better. I started, I started uh, feeling hope again. And, and I started looking at joy different. And I started to let that build a foundation into my life. And I can tell you that this is one of the busiest seasons of ministry in our church. Um, it's busy for you guys. It's busy for our staff and our volunteers. It is busy, but I can tell you it has been full and it has been joyful. And there is a difference in, in the, the posture that I had this time last year where I was just begging God to at least show me that there was hope to where I am this year knowing that, that the hope is there, the hope, the, the, the hope that I can live and that I can operate in my every day in. And it's been a huge difference in how I've been able to give and minister to you guys. And so what I've found is as I give more and as I operate in that more, I see more doors open for me to have joy. And, and you'll see that. You'll see that the things that you're pouring out into will start to pour back into you and pour that hope and that, that joy. But what I want you to get this morning is it's all freely accessible. It's all freely accessible. And that's what we're celebrating this time of year it is the good news and great joy of the cross. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes. We're closing this morning and I don't feel like we need to have some huge altar call or you know, there, there's times where I believe that we should just hit the pavement up here and we should just pray and we should just seek after God. But this morning, what I've, what I've felt more so is I felt the Holy Spirit reminding us and guiding us because I know that this time of year when we're supposed to have hope, when we're supposed to have joy, it is ridden with suicidal thoughts and depression and anxiety and fear. And those have replaced that hope and that joy. And so what I want to do this morning is I just want to ask you if, if that's you, if if, that, if this message has spoken to you and you're just saying, hey, Pastor Jeremy, thank you for hearing from God. 
because this is me. I believe that God is going to change this in you in an instant this morning. I believe it. But I want to ask you if we can just be honest. Be honest with ourselves. Be honest with God. If you don't want to be honest, you know, with me or raise your hands or anything like that, then listen, that doesn't hurt my feelings. But I do want you to be honest with God this morning. I want you to be honest with yourself because a lot of the time it's ourself that keeps us from being honest with God. But if that's you, would you just lift your hand up and, and just wave it at me real quick? If that's you in this place, see that hand. Online, I want to encourage you not to, not to think, hey, this is an ending moment in the service. And so if you're listening online or you're listening later, I want you to in, in, engage into this because I believe that that is one of the things that God wanted to do clearly as he wanted to meet us here this morning. I'm going to pray over you guys, and then we could be dismissed. Father, I thank you for reminding us, God, that we don't have to live a life that, that is, where our hope fluctuates and our joy fluctuates, that instead we can have a foundation that, that the rest is built on, God, and that foundation comes from what we're celebrating during Christmas. We're not just celebrating your birth. We're not just celebrating your, your salvation that you brought us. We're, we're celebrating the fact that in our every day we can walk in the joy and, and the hope that, that that moment in time symbolized, God. Thank you for it. I pray that those that raise their hand today, God, I pray that Lord, you meet them where they are, God. Meet them in their everyday. God, I pray that from, the, from this point on, there is a difference in the way they, they operate in hope and the way they operate in joy, God. We thank you again for what you're doing in our church. It's an amazing season to be in ministry. It's an amazing season to see you move, God. And so we ask that that, Lord, we never get in the way of that. I pray that as a church, as a staff, as leaders, as, as, as members, uh, as guests even, that we just never get in the way of what you want to do, God. Let us be the church and how it was intended to operate. We thank you. We ask you to take us through the week and help us just operate in joy and hope. In your holy name we pray, amen. Can we give God praise this morning?